Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to an episode here of the 3304 Sports Podcast. I'm Cole Bjorn Bergson, joined alongside by Jason Meichner today. We're going to be giving you guys a little bit of a preview uh, for the game to come this weekend, the return to Blacksburg as Coach Brent Fry has his first game at Lane Stadium coming up against Boston College. Jason, how are you doing this morning? I'm doing absolutely fantastic. I am ready for a rocking night game here in Lane Stadium. It doesn't matter if Virginia Tech has a good or bad season, a night game in Lane is always a fun time. Oh, absolutely. No matter what the fans are going to show out. And I think even a, a more positive thing here as well is what a way to be able to get a night game for a prize debut at Lane Stadium. The crowd is going to be rocking. Uh, I don't think they've said anything, but the stadium's surely going to be at least packed. Uh, I haven't seen any email about being sold out yet, but I wouldn't even be surprised if it's sold out on the day. Uh, it's going to be a really, really fun match between these two sides, uh, and we'll go ahead and get into that stuff. But the first thing before we really start looking at the matchup uh, between them specifically is we need to look at last week for both sides because both sides, to put it lightly, did not have a the, the start that they wanted to their seasons. Uh, so leading off of Virginia Tech, losing uh, – away against uh, ODU in Norfolk. Yeah, a, a heartbreaking loss, a, a game a game winning touchdown drive from the from the Monarchs um and pretty much a perfect game played by ODU. Um yes, their offense wasn't the greatest, but uh the that last second touchdown is what really sealed the game and I mean Virginia Tech's offense just could not get anything going in the second half. I mean, it. I I hate to say it, but the offense was just atrocious to watch. No, it absolutely was, and I think the one thing to really note uh, about this game, in particular, is the fact that it's not like uh, the defense lost for Tech the game. Uh, when you're coming out of the game, when Abby and I had talked about it this past week, defense actually looked good for the most part, outside of a couple silly mistakes. Uh, Keyshawn King also put together a very strong performance. Um, but it was really the turnovers that had the issue for the Hokies because they uh, had a significant or at least a comfortable amount more yards offensively than ODU did. As you said, ODU's offense wasn't great. They were just kind of able to take advantage off turnovers. Yeah, the the key one, I mean, of course, uh, Grant Wells throwing four interceptions is unacceptable as a quarterback. I understand it's his first game in a, in a pretty packed stadium, about 23,000 uh, people yelling at him and his first division one game, but still four interceptions is, is unacceptable. But the key one that really turned the tide of that game was the, the muff field goal going straight over the, the holder's head and um, him sliding next to the ball instead of jumping on it. And that situation, I understand you have three guys behind you want to protect your body, but you can't slide next to a ball and whiff it. Yeah, it was just a lot of disappointing stuff for Virginia Tech. There were positives to take out of it, but a lot of negatives, certainly, that they had to learn from the fact of there being four interceptions, the the, the muffed field goal that was a scored touchdown. Ultimately, uh, what Abby and I had noted that past week was 17 of ODU's 20 points, I believe, were scored off of turnovers. And that's, I mean, it, it's weird to say it like this, but that's technically speaking an easy mistake to fix. You just got to be a lot more careful with the ball. 
And as long as you're not giving it up in bad spots as you did this past week, your defense was able to really hold out ODU. So that's a lot of looking for, for Virginia Tech. Very disappointing start, but there are they are going to be returning home. They're going to have uh, a home audience to back them up. And Boston College had a home audience to back themselves up as well this past week. They lost to, at the very least in recent years, one of the more mediocre Power 5 programs, Rutgers. Yeah, another heartbreaking loss here. Um, another game-winning touchdown. Mm-hmm. And Boston College had an opportunity to go down and score a field goal to win this game, but just couldn't get anything going in that in a two-minute drill. Absolutely. And on top of that, something to note is that Rutgers did have a few very productive offensive drives for them. When you look at that box score, they had a, a touchdown, I believe, without the uh, field goal going through. But that means that I think they only had two touchdowns on the game. I think the rest were field goals. No, they actually had three touchdowns. So I'm trying to see where exactly the nine would come from. I don't know. The box score looks weird. Originally, it looks like it was like two touchdowns or something. I digress, though. I, I think when you're looking at the Rutgers passing or overall the, the, the offense for uh, the Scarlet Knights, the one thing that I noted immediately was the fact that it did not take Rutgers that much in the air to beat Boston College. They only threw for 110 yards exactly between two quarterbacks. Yeah, no, it, it's insane. Um, Rutgers didn't have much of an offense going. I mm. mean, they had they had 322 yards on on the day, but only 110 of that coming through the air is is crazy. I mean. Yeah. The the amount they were able to get on the ground, 212 yards is insane. I understand it is college, and it's a heavy, heavy running offense for Rutgers. Mm-hmm. But if you're boss of college, that's just unacceptable. Yeah, certainly a big shout-out in that run game to uh, Al-Shadi Salam, who got one of the touchdowns, 5 for 53 on the ground. You also had every, – every rusher that had five carries at least had some pretty decent stats – Johnny uh, Longin, 5 for 34. Gavin Winsat, 5 for 40. Obviously, you have Al-Shadi Salam. And then you have Kyle Manangai, who had 19 carries for 64 yards. Uh, Two touchdowns coming from those men. The other one coming from Aaron Cruikshank on the ground with another touchdown. Um, And where Rutgers didn't succeed in the uh, passing game, but they succeeded in the rushing game, Boston College were generally okay in the passing game. Two interceptions isn't great for Yurkovic, but he still had three touchdowns, averaged about seven yards in the air uh, per attempt. Not not too bad. Um, But on the ground, certainly a bit of a struggle where you have 28 carries that go for 29 yards, and Pat Garwo had half of those carries for 25, your leading running back. Yeah, this this is going to be a big issue for Boston College coming to this game because – Virginia Tech last week, they weren't doing too well stopping uh, rushes on the ground. I mean, the stats don't look at it. I mean, 33 for 84 for ODU last week. But if you actually watched the game, they were giving up a lot of big runs. Yeah. And if Boston College is not able to come into this game and get that running game going, and they have to rely on the passing game, it might end up being rough because Hayden Wolf went 14 for 35 for 165. That mm-hmm. is not a great completion percentage. Yeah, but I think the bright side there for Boston College comparatively to 
who Virginia Tech just came up against for ODU, is the fact that Boston College certainly has more than one guy that they're going to be willing to throw to, compared to ODU only throwing uh, to one player. ODU only really hit Allie Jenkins. He had five receptions for 122 yards, whereas on the opposite end against Rutgers, uh, I, I would argue a stronger program than ODU. Zay Flowers has 10 receptions for 117 yards and two touchdowns. George Takas has seven receptions for 84 yards. That being, of course, Zay Flowers being the leading wide receiver and Takas being the leading tight end. Yeah, it's, it's Boston College is really going to have to do a number in the passing game um, if they want to have a shot in this week. And then if they they have to get something going on the ground. They can't have another one yard to carry performance. Absolutely. Well, with that in mind, we've had a little bit of highlights to it, but these two sides did come together last year in a very low scoring affair at Chestnut Hill, where Boston College and returning Bill Yurkovic won 17 to three. What exactly did that game kind of look? I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe that was Puente's last game in charge of the Hokies. I believe so. Um, it was also a game where Rex Burmeister basically did not play. I believe he got injured on yep. the first drive. So Knox Kadem came in. Um, and I believe that was his first game started as a college quarterback, um, mm. if I'm not mistaken. So it, it wasn't looking good for the Hokies coming in after that first drive. And it, it showed in, in the score, only giving, only putting up three points the entire game. And those three points didn't come until the third quarter. Yeah. And on top of that, you know, the man that we just spoke on that didn't have a great rushing game against Rutgers certainly had a great one against Virginia Tech. Patrick Garwo had 30 attempts for 121 yards, was really most that Boston College offense. But on top of that, you also had Phil Yorkovic, who rushed nine times for 65 yards. Yeah, the interesting thing to see is um, – the change of Phil Yurkovich from last year to this year. Last year, I feel like he was a much better runner. This year, I see him more as a, a pocket passer. I mean, yes, he can get out of the pocket, but I mean, only throwing 13 dime times against Tech last year and really didn't have a, any huge attempt games last year to 41 attempts in the first game of this season. Yeah, I don't quite recall exactly how Yurkovic played after this game. The only thing I will note for him was the fact that he was coming off of injury. So I don't think Boston College is wanting him to do too much in the air. I mean, he was uh, just barely over five, uh, 50% of passing completion and had an interception in there as well with 46 of his 112 yards coming uh, on one pass. So Yurkovic didn't really have a great game, but that really was to be expected. Um, I think it was where a lot of Virginia Tech fans were expecting a lot out of this game uh, was because Yurkovic was coming back from injury, uh, but then they ultimately couldn't really hold it up on the ground. So with that in mind, uh, Boston College now is going to take the trip down here to Lane uh, to face off against Virginia Tech. Uh, and I would say that home certainly does matter for Virginia Tech. When you, when you look here on the Virginia Tech sports website, the home record and away record are very, very similar. Ironically, they're similar enough to the facts of where Virginia Tech has an eight and five record at home, but a nine and six record away from home, meaning that they just have one more win and one more loss away from home. Yeah, I 
that home crowd effect is definitely a factor here in Lane Stadium. I mean, it not even just for the offense, the defense, you're the the crowd sounds can really, really interrupt a quarterback's cadence. I mean, it's it's insane how loud Lane can get. Yeah, uh, on top of that is also listed here on the website that the sides average, or it's either the sides average or Virginia Tech averages 27.17 points. Uh, I think it's Virginia Tech averaging 27.17 points against Boston College in their history. They have played uh, against each other 30 times, exactly. Um, And then on top of that, in the last 10 matchups, they have split it 5-5 with the last five games in particular going in the favor of Boston College. So only two wins for Virginia Tech, one away, one at home. And then Virginia Tech lost twice away and once at home during the last five years. I mean, ACC matchups are always fun to watch. I think this can be a really, really good game. Uh, The ACC opener for both of these teams, both coming in with a loss, a heartbreaking loss. I'm, I'm really excited to see how this plays out tomorrow. So with that in mind, now looking at the game as a whole, uh, you know, we've maybe given a little bit of hints of this, but what is the offensive and defensive key for uh, the Boston College Golden Eagles coming into this game? For Boston College, you got to limit the running game for defense. I mean, like I said, 212 yards in 42 attempts. You're You're giving up five yards carry. Virginia Tech had a a pretty okay rushing game last against ODU. Keyshawn King was, of course, the the main uh, guy behind that. Grant Wells also did pretty well on the ground as well. But you have to stop the running attack. And offense, limit the turnovers. Uh, You can't have another three-turnover game um, Mm -hmm. and expect to come away with the victory. Yeah, I'll certainly then add to that as well that Garwo really needs to be able to give the performance for the Golden Eagles as he was able to last time out against Virginia Tech. Now, granted, comparatively to the Rutgers' performance, he had about double the amount of rushes, but he also had way more yards. And if Garwo, as you'd mentioned uh, earlier, if he can't really get anything established in the run game and you're kind of forced to just be with Yurkovic, it's generally not the worst situation. I think Yurkovic's one of the better quarterbacks in college football. But it's definitely not ideal when, you know, Virginia Tech is a very well-run veteran defense. And I I feel like, though, it could be one of the keys uh, for them. Certainly, I think they will reduce some of the very small mistakes that they made last week against ODU. Now, with that in mind as well, let's go ahead and look at the Virginia Tech side. What are they really looking for offensively and defensively to be able to pull off their first win of the season at home against the Golden Eagles? I mean, offensively, same thing as as Boston College, limit the turnovers. Mm-hmm. Four interceptions and a, a fumble recovered for a touchdown. If it wasn't for that fumble for a touchdown, Tech might have walked away with the victory last week. Mm-hmm. But it's it's in the past now. You can't go back on it. But what you can do is Grant Wells has to be more, more careful with his throws. Uh, a lot of throws last week were – very inaccurate and kind of just thrown to the defender. I mean, I watching the game, sometimes I didn't even know who he was throwing to. And I don't mean to slander him, but when you are a starting quarterback of a pro- in a power five conference, 
you have to be able to pinpoint have pinpoint accuracy. Sure. No, I definitely agree with that. Um, and then uh, for the defensive key as well. You just got to keep up what you did last week. Um, I'd like to see a little more pressure on the quarterback, only walking away with one sack last week. Um, but I, I'm really liking what I'm seeing from Dax Hollyfield again, uh, Nazir Peoples, and the secondary looked probably the best it has uh, since Fuente took over. Uh, certainly, and I will definitely reinforce that statement on the defensive side, uh, particularly if this team does know that they have an opportunity to get yards on the ground. If you can get a lot of pressure, not only is that going to force Jerkovic to throw, um, but on top of that, that could hopefully shut down that run game for you as long as you do it properly. And which, to be fair, as we said, as we've said numerous times, Virginia did have a very strong defensive game. So, I don't think it's too out of the realm of possibilities to apply a little bit more pressure. And I certainly think the home crowd can help apply pressure on Yurkovic uh, as well, just with the noise that Lane Stadium will bring. Um, on top of that, though, as well, and I I'm going to look at it in a slightly different way, though I do agree with you limiting turnovers. I, I agree with this one a lot more than for Boston College. I mean, three isn't great, but ultimately I'd be willing to live with three rather than living with five, particularly the fact that you know, the 17 points off those really, really hurt. Um, but Grant Wells, sure, he has to limit the interceptions. But ultimately, he needs to play calm. I think that is the issue for last week. I, I feel like the more you look at that game and the more you think about that game, I just think he was flustered, to be honest. I think it was a little bit nerve-wracking. As you said, this is his first game in Division One football. Maybe he was caught off guard by that, and maybe he was a little bit nervous to, you know, not do enough. Um, and when you look at the box score, Virginia Tech only had one sack, but ODU did not have a single one. So much so that that offensive line, it wasn't amazing for Virginia Tech, but it was good. It was a good offensive line, and it was even supported by Keyshawn King, someone who we talked about the fact uh, during the recap that he had a well-rounded performance. He was good on the grounds, good in the air, and on top of all of that, he was good at blocking. The one time he was asked to block, when ODU had a linebacker slip through, he shoved him down, absolutely like flattened him. There is good protection for Grant Wells. Now, against the Power Five uh, conference, you know, conference opponent, do you expect there to be more pressure? Certainly, sacks. Yeah, I mean, Boston College is generally a pretty strong defense, but if Grant Wells can stay a lot more calm, if Grant Wells can really kind of allow the pressure to come, because I think that was the biggest concern. I think that will ultimately start to limit those mistakes, because as you said, there's a lot of times where. It was really hard to see exactly who he was trying to throw to. And obviously there's a few really misthrown balls that ended up as interceptions. So I think as long as he can stay cool, calm, collected, uh, I, I, I think he should be able to come out of this with a little bit less turnovers. But I think add to that as well as really my biggest offensive key for this team, lean into the run game. Uh, Boston College was not successful against the rush. Virginia Tech, I feel like as a team, their identity is the rush. And I feel like with how well Keyshawn King performed, 
we already know he's going to be RB1. I think that was already announced this week. Uh, big shout out David Cunningham. Um, however, on top of that, I, I, I feel like if you can get some more from, you know, for example, Jalen Holston, someone who didn't have a great game for Virginia Tech, or if you can get a little bit more on the ground from Chance Black, the freshman, who actually was all right when he came in. The only issue was was he only had one rush that went to, for 19 yards. The other six went for three. So I think as long as you allow yourselves to hit on the ground, you should be able to take advantage of that for Boston College. So I, I think that's the other big key for this game. Um, so with all that being uh, said here, uh, I do want to throw out some bold stat predictions or whatnot, but we'll go to that later. I want to, before doing that, I do want to talk about what we think that this game is going to end up as final score. Final score wise, I, I've been debating on this. I do think Tech is going to walk away with the victory this week. I, I, I'm really relying heavy that they stay with the rush. And I'm hoping, like you said, Grant Wells can come into this game calm. He's played his first Division One game. He's coming to a home field where it's going to be absolutely mm -hmm. packed with maroon, well, with orange, considering it's orange effect. I don't think there's going to be a lot of Boston College fans. I mean, that is a heck of a trip. It is. I, I think that's really gonna gonna play a big factor. And I think Tech is going to walk away with this victory. It's going to be slim. I think it's going to end up being 24 to 20. Yeah, I don't see this game being too, too uh, uh, tight. Like, like you know, I, I see it being a tight game as well. Um, you know, I don't think there's going to be any blowouts like what happened a couple of years ago in Blacksburg. Um, but the one thing I think that I note uh, going into this game in particular is the fact that uh, Phil Yurkovic has ultimately found decent success against Virginia Tech, but it hasn't been anything insane, um, I believe, because uh, I just looked at the box score. I believe when he came into Blacksburg, uh, I think that was a sophomore year, one not after he transferred from Notre Dame, uh, he had like 51 passing attempts that went for just about 300 yards, but he had two touchdowns, two turnovers. Um, or two interceptions at least. And then he also had an interception in the last game. Sure, he was coming off of injury, but Yurkovic does seem to be someone that is going to like is going to succumb to that pressure a little bit for Virginia Tech. And I think that's the biggest thing here for the Hokies that I think will make the difference because I don't know how confident I am that Boston College is going to be able to regain uh, the type of ground game that they've been able to have against Virginia Tech. Um, during this matchup with how cold they started against Rutgers, particularly at home. Um, but also having those turnovers in mind as well with the very fired up Virginia Tech defense, uh, a lot of veterans there, a lot of guys that know what it means to play in Lane Stadium. I think it's ultimately going to be very, very low scoring, but it's going to go ahead and end up in Virginia Tech's favor. I think that this game is going to be, I think it's going to be really low. I'm going to say, I'm going to say 14 to 10 in favor of Virginia Tech. I was even debating saying that there'd just be like a couple field goals and a touchdown, like a 13 to 10 or something. But I'll, I'll say Virginia Tech puts a couple scores up there. Uh, definitely look for Keyshawn King on the ground to be one of them. Uh, honestly, I think not even a stat, a stat uh, prediction from us here. 
but I actually think that Keyshawn King is going to break away for a long touchdown. I don't know why. I just kind of feel like that that's going to happen. I also feel like that that happens pretty frequently for Virginia Tech at home. Um, so I, I, I'm going to go ahead and put my chips on the fact that he will break away for a long touchdown. Let's go, go ahead and look at, I say, one, if not two players of how we think that the stats are going to fall for them. I definitely think I agree with the the big play. I'm not sure if it's going to come from Keyshawn King, uh, but there definitely is going to be at least one big play um, mm-hmm. that goes for 60-plus yards for a touchdown. But I think Keyshawn King's going to have another 100-yard game. Um, yeah. And honestly, I think Tech's going to rely really heavy on this running game, uh, considering uh, the situation with Grant Wells last week. Um, I don't think Grant Wells is really going to hit 200 yards in the air he might I think Jalen Holson Dawson can get close to 100 on the ground yeah this might be a little bit bold for me I'm gonna go ahead and say that Virginia Tech on the ground uh as a whole not just uh Sean King uh I think that they're gonna be able to get at least 190 yards on the ground um that is a little bit shy of what uh, Rutgers did uh at Chestnut Hill um that's me kind of trying to be a little bit wary of the fact that Virginia Tech did struggle last week, but I think 190 is certainly reasonable for the side. We know Holson has the talent, though he had a really rough week last week. Uh, Chance Black seems to be good. Uh, Keyshawn King was really good. So I think that Virginia Tech will be able to get a good bit of yardage on the ground. That's also why I think it's going to be a little scoring because I they're going to be kind of running out the clock. Um, but the other uh, thing that I'm certainly going to give out here is the fact that I think that Takas is going to be the one to lead in receiving yards for Boston College. I think he's going to get over 100 this week. Boston College is really good at recruiting tight ends and offensive linemen and whatnot. They're really good at recruiting those types of players. Um, And we've certainly had our own struggles against uh, Boston College uh, tight end talent. So I think that Takas will be the guy to lead the way this uh, this game. And that I I feel like it's a little bit bold because Zay Flowers is pretty talented, but I'm, I'm willing to put my money where my mouth is with that. Yeah, I think that's that's the one issue with Virginia Tech defensive-wise. Um, they don't really have a linebacker that can guard a a big, pretty fast tight end. I mean, Stakis is 6'6", 250, with yep. pretty decent speed. I, I know they did pretty well last week against uh, Zach Kuntz, but, I mean, he only got targeted two, maybe three times in that game. Yeah. Um but he is nowhere near as fast as Takis is. Well, with that being said, we are both being a little bit optimistic, it seems like, as we both have Virginia Tech coming out on top. It's not going to be by much, but it's going to be very interesting to see where this game goes. Um, with that in mind, we will certainly have the recap for you shortly after the game, You know, whether that's a day or two. Uh, but, uh, Jason, of course, it's a pleasure to record with you. And with that in mind, ladies and gentlemen, so much and thank you so much for listening to another episode here of the 304 Sports Podcast. Look out for some more episodes um, coming out soon. It's going to be very, very exciting times. Uh, we'll talk more college football and professional football. And we'll even talk about the other professional football as they're going to be taking a little bit of a break. Um, uh, a little bit of a sending thoughts and prayers to, over to England, over to the royal family, over to the Queen, as they're going to be taking a break this weekend uh, in the Premier League to honor uh, the death of Queen Elizabeth. So with that being said, again, thank you all so much for listening. More coming out soon. Uh, be on the lookout. Take care.